cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 3rd, 2008. Newcomers look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and on there you'll find my other websites. Those are the official websites and the official mirror sites. And you can download lots of previous talks I've given on this Brave New World agenda that we're living through. We've been living through it our entire lives. And most people haven't been aware of it. They think things happen at the time, and crisis tends to come out of nowhere. Mind you, it's always rapidly, apparently solved by the politicians, and that's what you're supposed to think. Also, look into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download and print up and pass around to your friends. And they're written in the various languages of Europe. For those who have been following me for some time, it's a good idea, if you've already bought the books that are up for sale, to buy more and pass them around to your friends, because that does keep me going. And I notice it here too, naturally, when the economy is bad, very little comes in. You can also donate to me as well, and you'll find out how to do that on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. I've also been harping on last week about problems I've had the people selling my books who were not authorized. I never even knew these people. And in another site that tried to emulate my name in the website page, and for newcomers who came into it, they actually thought it was me. I was getting all kinds of emails coming in. And whether intentional or unintentional, personally I think it was intentional. It was intended to drag them off into chat rooms and, and forums and so on. And don't be fooled because I've never, ever gone into any forum or chat room, and I don't intend to. You, these places are infiltrated right away with provocateurs, and before you know it, they're all fighting with each other. That's what they're intended to do. And even if you start one up with the best of intentions, people will come in, they call them sleepers, everyone will like them for a while, and then they'll start and bend it off and get dissension going. And then everyone wants to kill each other. So I stay clear of these chat rooms and forums. They also tend to pass each other's mail around, which shows you they have no integrity at all. Because if you don't value privacy in a one-on-one exchange, then you obviously have no integrity whatsoever. People have to start realizing that if you want to fight anything in this world, you must have integrity. And those are, that means you have rules that you stand by for yourself, never mind about other people. But what do other people do? They go by the way of the world, what's everyone else doing. That's how they judge themselves. And that's how they conduct themselves, the same as everyone else. You have to be different in order to come through this. And for those out there who want to be leaders, you should start there. You must work on yourself. You can only be in charge of yourself. That's the only guarantee that you have. Other people will do what they want. Build yourself up first. 
That's all you can do. And for those who make their living on my talks, and lots of them have in the past, there's authors got books out there and so on, because I've given out so much information over many, many years. I ask them to use me, but don't abuse me, don't pretend, and don't fool the public uh, that you are me. If you do, I will come down on you. And luckily I have enough friends all over the world that help me out with the nuisance factors. Otherwise, be doing this full time, just chasing them down. And I'll be back with the world in general after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Now everyone's on about the banking system and the big bailout that occurred, which was a, a must-be, obviously. And we went through a huge drama, a staged drama, where presidents and higher-ups came out on television and freaked out the people by telling them to panic, basically. Now, since we're always kept in the dark, when they tell you to panic, it's planned that way. When real things go on, we know nothing about it. And that's how governments operate. That's how they've always operated. Because, you see, they're not democratically elected. These guys at the top and all their advisors and the scriptwriters are chosen years in advance. Carol Quigley talked about this in his book, Tragedy and Hope. He also went into it in more detail in The Anglo-American Establishment. These are two must-read books on how the system is really run. So we were all supposedly to panic in order to allow them to loot the country and sign on another four generations of children not yet born to pay off this extra debt. Because that's what debt is. See, debt is slavery. And these are the masters of uh, piracy. They've been looting countries down through the centuries. If you go into Bush and his background and a whole bunch of these guys, they actually had ancestors who were into the opium trade, and then they went and looted China once they got them all addicted to opium. They stopped at nothing. Direct ancestors from the same people. So here they are, robbing countries and nations, but what's more ominous isn't for just private gain. This is a, an international organized body of people that came into the forefront of history as this organized body back at the end of World War II when they set up the United Nations, which isn't just a forum where people go on uh, and debate their problems to their oppositions. The United Nations was set up to be the embryo of world government. And all you're going through today uh, is the, the, the sort of shenanigans as they move you from any vestige of an idea of national countries, sovereign countries, to internationalism. We're already global. We're already tied economically with all the countries in the world. In fact, all these people at the top in your governments are generally multimillionaires who have shares and corporations across the planet. So they can allow other countries to do as they wish. They always look after their investments first. In an article I read last week, it talked about perpetual war. And what does fascism do? It lives on perpetual war. That was the scenario that George Orwell pointed out in his book 1984. 
it wasn't really the idea that war should be won. It's that it should go on forever. And we have a war economy. It's about all that's left in the U.S. is a war economy. We forget that a major war pulled the U.S. and Britain out of the last Great Depression. Otherwise, it would be continuing depression. This bailout is just another farce. People forget, too, that for many years, the U.S. government has had an organization attached to government that injected massive funds into the stock market and into the banking industries every month or so to keep the stocks up. So why make a big hullabaloo about it now, you see? That means it's intended to panic you. And what's the outcome of this? Well, we breathe a sigh of relief when, they, when your loot, you see, your money is looted from you, and then you say, thank you for saving us. But the real idea is to set up a world international body. They're moving from national banks into the international bank, the global bank, to give it teeth, to run every country across the world, run all of its economy, and loot the planet equally. That's what it's about for the new global plantation they're setting up. Read the books by the parallel government. Who, who are they? Well, you, you'll find that Quigley and others talked about it. Others, others talked about it. Most of the big boys belong to it back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And all your present players today were politicians at the top, belong to it. Quigley talked about it. It's called the Council on Foreign Relations for America, and it's also called the Royal Institute of International Affairs for England, and every British Commonwealth country has a branch as well. They have admitted that they run the world. They are the parallel government. They draft up policies which become bills. They present them to each country, and it's signed into law. They draft it up, and they work behind the scenes to bring in the unification of Europe. They admit that in their own writings. Look into their website. They also drafted up the bill for the United, uh, the unification of the Americas. That was on national television in Canada in 2005. They are unelected by anybody. They are not a governmental agency. They are a parallel government. Margaret Thatcher referred to them as such as well. So right now, Britain is setting up, and it's in the papers, this new economic war council is going to mandate the policies for Britain. Supposedly, they've been doing it for years, but they mandate all the new policies to merge us into this new global standardization system of economics. And the, the Queen has been very busy at knighting one of these characters after another. They all have to be knights and peers, etc., in the British system. And no doubt some of the big players in America will be running off there to get their the sword tapped on their shoulders as well. That's also become tradition. This is a big drama, a massive drama that they're playing out for the public to swallow. And that money will go into pockets and into big CEOs' personal accounts, and they'll bank it off in Switzerland or somewhere, as it always does. You'll never see any accountability for it. It's a coup. It's a big win for the pirates, and they know it too. Scare the hell out of the public, offer the solution, and the public breathe a sigh of relief because they want to carry on is what they think is normal. There's an article in theguardian.co.uk today, Friday, October the 3rd. October is 10, the 3rd, 
but add 10 and 3 you have 13 unlucky for some but Knights Templars do love it and this is by Andrew Clark New York then they go on about the it's a PR shot of, the, of Bush greeting uh, Henry Paulson and shaking their hands and smiling and all gleeful and then they talk about the $700 billion uh, bailout which is 380 billion pounds at one time a pound was weighed in gold it was, that's why they call it pounds so you have a pound of gold you see and it's still called pounds today then they tell you that uh, the shares on Wall Street started to skyrocket and then it plummeted again but after all the PR stuff I'm trying to get down to the relevant part the only relevant part in the whole thing that makes any difference to me and it says here about the package deal that where did this sum come from 700 billion I said Forbes magazine quoted a treasury spokeswoman saying that it was not based on any particular data point in other words there's no statistics or anything to say why they came up with the figure she says we just wanted to choose a really large number isn't that wonderful isn't that wonderful where you can literally just sit and make a guess of what you want to be given a big fat number you see and you're guaranteed that a president will sign it down that the taxpayer and their children to come are forfeit for it they'll pay it off because you see that is in the Old Testament those who held the debt owned the slaves the children of the slaves became slaves themselves until that debt was paid off for many generations nothing has changed and all this wonderful Darwinistic society that we live in where we're all so materialistically based and where science supposedly rules isn't it odd that we're still going by some ancient dictum that says that your children must be slaves as well and how can you be born into a free society as, as Jefferson said when you have to take the tab of the bill for a previous generation's debt you're born a slave he said and he was quite right but what do the general public want well they want to be happy they've been told that's what life's all about just be happy and play they've been created to be very base it's the most basest generation ever not by chance if the elite wanted a more moralistic society with good morals, less crime, and so they'd have given it to you. But they wanted a debased generation because by debasing, you conquer. And now that debased society is to spearhead the thrust into every other country and debase them is to take down those countries and we have a standardized, corrupt world society. That's what it's all about. And parents are sort of out of the picture they've been out of the picture on all of this their whole lives they don't really care what happens as their children are taught all sorts of weird stuff stuff that used to be taught taught to the real sexual perverts in fact at one time they're taught this in school as being normal they know nothing about history or philosophy or anything else but they can tell you all about the deviancies that are they're supposed to think about as being quite natural well see that's intentional you must go after the children and through the children that they then shape society in which they will grow up thinking it's all quite natural. Old stuff.
stuff done many times, done through thousands of years. These are sciences. As I say, if they wanted to give you a good culture to suit them, they would have done so. And you know what? The people would have followed it without question, thinking it was all quite natural too. This is an article from MSN on the 29th of the 9th, 2008. MSN News. It says, MI6 recruitment drive on Facebook. Popular social networking site Facebook is being used to recruit secret MI6 agents. It has been revealed. And I'll be back with more of this recruitment drive on children after this break. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just before the break, I was mentioning that on MSN, on the 29th of the 9th, 2008, there's a little article there which says, MI6 recruitment drive on Facebook. Popular social networking site is being used to recruit secret MI6 agents. It's been revealed the intelligence service has begun advertising on the website as part of its campaign to recruit operational officers. The Facebook adverts were launched a few weeks ago in a bid to reach a large and wide variety of people, a foreign office spokeswoman said. So they're after the young, you see, and shortly you're going into a hell where you won't know who to trust. You won't be able to say anything in front of children whatsoever. They'll even have them come up to you and quizzing you the better ones will be good at it, and they'll naturally get things out of you, but you'll regret afterwards, probably. And more so if the guys come and knock your door down and take you away. This is the brave new world scenario that we're coming into, and Orwell talked about it in 1984 as well. It is these little children that turned in their parents and got well rewarded for doing so, and they do give them lots of nice rewards. And here's another one that falls right in line with this. Again, where's the outcry? Where's the outrage from parents? Well, you see, you don't have parents today. They're socialized. They expect the state to bring up their children for them. They don't want to be bothered teaching them values. After all, isn't that what the state is there for? That's what they believe. I can remember when they fought the state so for the right to pass on their values to their children. Today it's the reverse. They get up in arms if there's a school strike and demand that the government take care of their children for them. That's how they can reverse it so quickly and so easily. And the sheep, of course, never notice. One day they'll shout, two legs good, four legs bad, and then four legs good, two legs bad. They don't notice the slogans changing because they're never conscious. And this article here is from the dcexaminer.com. This was posted by, or written by Jeff Dufour and Patrick Gavin on September the 18th, 2008. Big Brother and Big Bird. There's a photograph there of a Muppet and Meryl Chertoff. When it comes to securing the homeland, who better to help you sleep at night than various characters from the popular children's show Sesame Street? In a move that will make the Bush administration detractors bring back those duct tape jokes again, the Department of Homeland Security has partnered up with the famous children's show. We all want our children to feel safe in this world, said Meryl 
Chertoff, wife of Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff, at a ceremony held at the John Tyler Elementary School to announce the partnership. And who better to do that than her own Sesame Street friends, Grover and Rosital? I always knew that Mr. and Mrs. Chertoff would be big Muppet supporters, said Sesame Street Workshop CEO Gary Nell. As you can see or imagine, the partners are aimed at children and seek to encourage family preparedness plans in the case of emergencies. Family preparedness is the cornerstone of personal and community readiness, said Secretary Chertoff in a statement. He was scheduled to attend the event but had been busy handling the aftermath of Hurricane Ike in Texas. Personally, I think he was off torturing someone somewhere just for fun. But anyway, it says here, and we could not be more pleased to team up with Sesame Workshop. So this article here is a good PR part. It's meant to make light of something which is very serious because the children, you see, they're going always going for the children, bypassing the parents, going for the children and indoctrinating them. In the past, when parents were suspicious of this kind of thing, very suspicious and stood up en masse about this sort of stuff, uh, they'd back off here and there. But today, there's not a murmur from the public, as I say, as their children are turned into little indoctrinated spies. After all, they love, you know, children live in hypnosis. They, they wander in and out of hypnosis all day long. And they can't really tell absolute fact from absolute fiction at that particular age in life, especially the ones who are watching Sesame Street. And here they're mixing something very serious, the new nazified system. That's what it is. Something very, very serious, and the children could not possibly think that the Muppets are bad. They don't see it as that. They see them as nice, pretty little creatures. They're comical, and they love them. And it's been used for indoctrination purposes. The public cannot see it. It's just astonishing. Astonishing. They don't, the public, you see, are called the profane by the elite. It means those who live in darkness. They are the base people. The pyramid on the dollar bill is resting in a wasteland. The wasteland means the general population. That's what all the Masons know. The base people. You have to come out of that if you want to win anything for yourself or for others. It's always yourself first because the first battle is always to save yourself. And you do that by many, many means and do a lot of work on yourself before you can help other people. And it's never, ever over. That's always been the way down through time. So, another article I should just touch on before I go to the callers. And this is what's happening in Africa. It's so quiet, you know, how we can get distracted from other countries, never realizing what's going on abroad. We don't see the big picture as they amalgamate the entire planet. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix on this red October day. And I'm talking about all the other things that are happening in the world. Before I go on to this article, I should also recap that, that whole scam with the, the $700 billion. And just mention that, as I say, they're looting the planet. This is traditional done through the ages. The bankers never, ever are brought to trial. And they never will be because, the, see, we're living in their system. They set up the system. And those with them set up this system in which we live. That's why century after century they can cause many depressions in looped countries and have never closed those loopholes so that they can do it again. That's why it's set up. And when they go into the big global bank system, they've got the whole world at their mercy. And my, can they loot a planet then when there's no opposition at all? They have to destroy nations first, create internationalism, and create all the chaos to bring us to internationalism. After all, that was the answer to war, supposedly. Wars these same characters financed, and they financed every side of it. And if you did have a period of peace, they'd make sure a war started to get you on your knees again, so that you'd say, well, I guess global, a global system isn't such a bad idea after all. So you can't win in their system by using their system. And they maintain the system and will keep it as their system. And don't believe for a second that all the drama that you see what saw on television with oppositions to this bill being passed wasn't pre-scripted. Everyone plays their part. Those who are going to oppose it are told to oppose it publicly. No one says anything without scripts in the system, anything that's shown to the general public. And when they turn around at the end and vote for it, change their mind suddenly, it's because the little demands they've made to get up the ladder have been given to them. All the promises have been made to them. Their phones have been very, very busy with powerful people above them, guaranteeing them their career is not only safe, but it's going to go higher. That's how it works. Nothing to do with the general public. This is from the BBC, this article here, on what they're doing with Africa quietly at this time. Wednesday, the 1st of October, 2008, U.S. Africa Command Battles Skeptics by Adam Minot, BBC News. A new unified United States military command for Africa coming into full operation amid skepticism about U.S. intentions. The creation of AFRICOM is recognized by the U.S. that Africa and security issues on the continent are now a priority. It reflects concerns about tackling Islamic extremism, securing all supplies, and countering Chinese influence in Africa. This is the excuse they're giving. And really, what they're doing is going after all the world's resources. That's a must-be in the Council on Foreign Relations agenda. You must grab all resources across the planet. The U.S. government says it represents an opportunity to strengthen ties and increase humanitarian work in Africa. They're doing it under peaceful means, mind you. That's why it's a military. It's an army with guns and grenades and bazookas and all the rest of it because they believe in peace. War is peace, said George Orwell, and freedom is slavery. It says here, and the mission statement of the new command speaks of promoting a secure African environment in support of U.S. foreign policy. See, this is also part, you're either with us or you're with, or you're with the terrorists. That's a mandate that, that every country must be on board and under 
the new American empire, as they're calling it temporarily. It's not to last too long. Once they've finished their job, America has to sink. The people have to sink into the global system, the much lower standard of living. Let's never forget that. The elite will move on. They already have cities built up across the planet for them to move into. It says, U.S. officials have said AFRICOM does not signal a new grab for Africa. Of course not. Of course not. They suddenly feels guilty about it. But there are considerable doubts among Africa's 53 countries. Many feel little consult, uh, consultation took place, well, there'll be none, really, about the role of AFRICOM and half a dozen African counties have shunned approaches from the Pentagon, proposing that they might house the command's headquarters. And he goes on to say that, but for the time being, AFRICOM's headquarters will remain in Stuttgart, in Germany, is the independence for Africa. Hmm? It's run by other countries, always has been. And this African, this African or AFRICOM headquarters will be based and stay in Stuttgart, Germany. So they're going to make sure that they a hold of all the world's resources while they bring off the world society, bring it into being. That's what this is all really about. See, there are no nations anymore under this new American century policy. It suggests that America has been chosen to finance the last wars and to finance the troops into it and also to bring their culture in to destroy the existing cultures. I read that last week from an army article. Once you have a, a debased culture, you can use those people to go in and debase the other country. Who would have thought that of weaponized culture? The weaponization of culture first had to debase the American population through Hollywood and through the music and all the rest of it. Took them 50 odd years to do it. And now you spread that like a disease into other cultures and they fall. They fall because when you debase a society, it cannot stand. It cannot stand together. Well-known tactic, ancient tactic, used in Rome, used in Greece, used down through the ages. That they've weaponized culture. Who'd have thunk? Hmm. Well, I'm going to go to the callers now. And we've got Rick in California. Are you there, Rick? Yes, I'm here, Alan. Yes, go ahead. Um, yeah, uh, three things I want to bring up. Um, uh, I really liked what you're, that you're talking about Africa, and um, but I want to I want to read something to you um, or to the air. You remember that article you read uh, Wednesday? Uh, I, I read the whole thing, and um, it's just a couple sentences from Ralph Peters. He says they cannot rival us without becoming us. Wise competitors will not even attempt to defeat us on our terms. Rather, they will seek to shift the playing field away from military confrontations or turn to terrorism and non-traditional forms of assault on our national integrity. Only the foolish will fight fair. There's, he's saying that he's the terrorist, that, that they, they, the establishment, that they are the terrorists. In this. Yeah. Well, they're admitting they're going to go in to destabilize the culture, destroy the culture, debase the culture, and call the other guys terrorists when they try to fight back. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, another thing I wanted to bring up, too, is... Um, I watched a think tank uh, thing on C-SPAN the other night with Clinton and, Chiro and uh, Shimon Perez and Tom Brokaw, and they were all smirking at each other before it started and, you know, really nasty and, and like they were on the golf course. And, and I got an epiphany, and, and that is that government seems to be like, a, um, like an undergraduate career. Like when it's, it's when you leave government, you graduate, you go on to the alumni, you go to bigger things like think tanks, 
Yeah. Always for, former heads of state, former secretaries of defense, and so on. They have the real power. Mm-hmm. And that's right. That's the parallel government, and that's what Thatcher said. It's made up of ex-politicians and ex-bureaucrats and military and so on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the third thing I want to bring up is um, that that you remember um, um, what, you were talking about that woman. You know, we thought we thought it was going to be Hillary Clinton. I have a feeling. I, I guess it's going to be Sarah Palin. That woman you were talking about. Bring yeah, the it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter because I, I don't care if they put one of the Muppets up there. Uh, the agenda won't change, you know. No. No. no it it never change. has faltered regardless of any country's change of government. It's never, ever faltered. It's signed through treaties annually. Many, many different kinds of treaties tie you up, bind you. And everyone in politics knows their part in the agenda. And they know that it's international. They know all of this. But they, they play to the public, as they say, they play to the public. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, Alan. And thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye. And we've got Andrea in Texas. Are you there, Andrea? Yeah, I'm here. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to comment. I was outside a moment ago, and I was looking at the sky. They're spraying, and, um, you know, you had mentioned the article about the birds, and I've been noticing this for a few months now. I remember... Like five years ago, like the birds were so bad in fall time, they would, you know, have to shoot out um, blank shots to scare them away. And now I look at the sky and I see like flocks of three and five birds flying across. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that's terrible. I know. I can walk through the forest here, as I say, and I'm lucky to see a single bird. And there's no industry up here. Yeah. There's no factories blaring away. There's, it's, uh, it's fairly quiet. There's trains go past, and that's about all. But uh, when I first came here, not too long ago, you'd, you'd wake up at dawn. The, the noise of the birds would wake you up, and then you'd see them all settling in at, at uh, sunset as well. You don't hear any of that now at all, no. Yeah, in the morning you don't. You know, even the bugs, like, I mean, the mosquitoes are still here, but, um, like, yeah. you know, the bees, and, like, I may see one butterfly here and again. That's about it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. What else? And this whole thing going on with the banks, you know, I had to write a little news article on it, and I just thought it was odd that now, you know, three companies, you know, that number are going to own one-third of, you know, all the banking in the U.S. Yes. It just made it apparent, like, how much of a show this is. And I'm like, they pulled out all these bailouts in, like, a matter of a week, like, back-to-back when you sit there and look at it. You know, they just pulled all this money out of their butts. Yes. And you know for anything in politics to happen, like, it, it would take them months and years to sign the agreements and come up with everything. It took an that. awful long time in negotiations, planning, and uh, lawyers do not work that. You know how lawyers work very, very slow, like like snails. Yeah. So that's All right, obvious. Well, everybody buys books. And, oh, yeah, what else? What, and when you're trying to talk to people, like, I know, you know, the dead are dead, but what can we do to rally the people that we have or something. I don't, I don't know what I'm really asking for. What we're asking for is, is very difficult, and here's the problem. It isn't just one aspect of our life that we have to point out that we have to uh, defend or keep or try and preserve. Uh, it, you, you realize that, that every aspect of our life is controlled by other people at the top. They have agencies for everything. Um, when you sit down, you, you realize there's very little at all in your life that you are in control of. You are allowed to go to work and, and come back from work and watch TV and do a few other things, 
but um, laws are always changing, and anything that's even yours can be taken away from you at any moment. Uh, you're not even safe owning a house because we can't afford the taxes. They take it away. They steal your house from you. So it's when you realize the big, big picture, we really need a different way, all right, but it's not the way that they plan to give us at the top. They call it a new way as well. We do need a new way, but not that one. And we've never had a system in which the public have truly had a voice. Big uh, corporations that fund NGOs into existence have, have pretended to speak for the people, but the people themselves have never had their own champions. Uh, the NGOs are always supplied to make it appear that way, but they're, they're funded by the big foundations. So that's the dire straits we're in. Um, from school education to everything, everything is global, and even the educational system comes from the United Nations and UNESCO. Um, how you would take well, that back, I that, don't know. We've got this big movement here on campus, like this Center for Democracy and Governance, and you see all these different policies and new organizations forming that are basically getting, I guess, everybody to work for the state, the, yes. the world government. Uh, that's exactly what the policy is. If you look at the charter and the mandate of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they say that the world they're bringing in will be a world of service. Anyone who's born... Well, their only service will be to serve the world state. And eventually, even the money system, as the, as the governments take on the role of banker, they will dish out credits to people in lieu of money that will go right into your, your bank automatically. You will not be able to save it up, according to Lord Bertrand Russell. You get the same amount every week. And if you haven't spent it all, it, it starts off at the same rate on a Monday. And if you don't go along with the system, they're going to use it to punish you by withdrawing your credits. So it's going to be used as a form of social control. This is all arranged and agreed, and these guys have never, ever, in their writings, changed their direction, changed their mind, altered their plans, so you can count on it. Um, and one last question. Um, if a person has been ordered as, as a Guggenheim fellow from the Guggenheim um, Foundation. You know, Institute or whatever, does that mean they pretty much know what's going on? Oh, they know what's going on, absolutely. Guggenheim's been up here big time. Uh, see, they always had governments or, or foundations that seem to come from the, you would think at a casual glance it's for the ordinary people, but it never ever was. Their, their job was to create the socialized aspect. When you look at true socialism, it's a form of Nazism as well. Uh, all governments essentially are Nazified because they deal with the mass man, not the individual. And uh, all these big social movements that were funded by Guggenheim and others uh, on the socialist side, um, are, are in exactly the same agenda as the fascists that, that we see today. They want sustainability and all the other different things that have been given to them. They, they're along with the same agendas. They're all for it. It's really all one, as I say, it's one bird with two, two wings. That's what we have working here. Yeah. So I stay away from this lady. But they're going to have some, you know, meetings coming up with the school, and you're talking about people saying stuff at the right time, do you think that would maybe be an opportunity for somebody to say something? Uh, absolutely. The only thing that we have the right to do right now, and that is disappearing too, is to speak out and at least tell the people that are presented in front of us, at least tell these characters that we know what they're up to. For, this, for so long, they've had us in the dark, and we're, we're simply living through a drama for the public, and we, if we don't understand what's happening, we'll play the hurt opposition of the public. We're going to understand all the facts and what's really going on 
and confront them with it. And we're going to start saying no, because they're taking us all down fast into this, this awful new world that they've drafted up. It will be a, a, a utopia for the elite. There's no doubt about it. It'll be their utopia. And you, they're going to bring down the populations drastically. It's an ongoing plan. It's a war plan in different phases, you see, on different fronts. They have all the fronts covered, and they have big foundations fund, funding big organizations to work on every problem. This is how awesomely big this is, and that's what shocks the average person if they even get that far to understand that. It's not just about complaining about a politician or a banking system. It's the whole structure that governs our societal life, and it's not ours. We don't have a say in it, and we've got to start taking that back very fast. And the big boys know it too. They know they're going to have riots in the future when they start rationing, and they will ration. They're already talking about bringing meat rationing into Britain now. I said that years ago this would happen because in war, and remember they want a whole war scenario for a 100 years, a 100 years war. You have refugees, and that's what's going to be happening too. They'll be moving people out and in of cities as refugees. We saw that in Katrina. We'll see in other ones that they'll bring on and pandemics that they'll bring on. They want food rationing, gasoline rationing. All the things you have in a real war will be used because it worked before. And the Club of Rome said the only time that the people do what they're told and obey authorities and don't complain is when they think they're working for their, themselves to save themselves through a war situation. So they're using all of those tactics. And I'll be back with more after these messages. through the matrix, trying to push as much information out there in as short a time as possible. And um, I think we've got one last caller. Pardon me, hung up. I thought you might. So that's, that's good. Um, I was just looking at one of the articles from the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and it's from their own website, uh, it says here, does it matter who wins U.S. foreign policy after the election? And Monday, the 15th of September, 2008, that's from Chatham House. That's C-H-A-T-H-A-M, House. And it's Monday, the 15th of September. It says, it says here, it's all cheered by professors and editors and the Washington Quarterly and research fellows and all the rest of it. It says, it is widely thought that the next U.S. administration's foreign policy will differ from that of the Bush administration. This is probably true with regard to issues such as Iraq, climate change, democracy, promotion, diplomatic contact with Iran and North Korea, and relations with key Asian states, China, Japan, and India. The speaker will suggest that the candidates are less distinct from each other than we might have been led to believe. And what they're doing is having a, a debate about it amongst their own peer group. I always mention peer groups because, you see, these characters and all associations at that level have to deal with their own peers. We're too ignorant at the bottom, according to them, to, to participate. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just too uncouth and primitive. So they always talk with their peer groups. And 
you'll find too in the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations, you cannot join it. You must be asked to join it. In other words, if they can use you and if they've tested you out, they test you out to see if you can keep secrets. They don't want people who are attending world meetings about the, the big, big plan, you know, the 50-year plan for this, the 100-year plan for that part of it, the 200-year plan for another part of it. They don't want them going off and blabbing their mouths off to the people around about them at the bottom. So you have to be vetted to see if you can keep secrets to become a member. And you'll find most major journalists across the Western world nowadays are members of it. Certainly in Britain, the Commonwealth countries, and the United States of America, the Royal Institute for International Affairs was set up with the intent of starting off a nucleus using the British Empire as a nucleus for a standardized world, and they passed on the main responsibility and funding of it to the United States a long time ago. They then set up the Harold Pratt Building in New York City, and you'll find again that most of your politicians, your journalists, the editors, the newspaper owners, are all members of the Council on Foreign Relations. Why is that? Because if you want to plan an agenda and pull it off and keep it secret from the public, you must have them all working in a coordinated effort and all marching in step, using the same terminology to the general public, the same slogans, the same excuses as why we must unite and give up all our rights, and that's how they do it. They're interchangeable when it comes to speaking to the public. They all say the same slogans and give the same answers for the need to unite the planet into this new communistic-style society, the Sovietized society that the Club of Rome said it preferred. Well, that's it for tonight. From Ontario, Canada, and Hamish, myself, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.